0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 16, the parable of the unjust steward. And this parable is one of the most challenging parables understand in the scripture, because in this parable, we see how the steward was unjust, but in spite of this, his master uh, commended him. So let's try to understand what is the message from this parable. So the Lord said there was a rich man. and he had a steward. So this man had like business and he appointed a manager to this business. Then accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. It is just an accusation. Can be true or can be false. So the man, the rich man, the owner, asked the steward to give an account of his stewardship. And so far, there are two main important principles. The first principle is the principle of stewardship. All of us who are stewards, we don't own the talents that we have. We don't own our children. We don't own our money. We don't own even our body or our soul, our spirit. We don't own our time. Everything is given to us from God as a steward, And we will give account before God in the last day. <clears throat> Many of us, we forget that we are just stewards. We are not owners. And many of us, we start to deal with everything that was given to us as if we are the owners, although we are not. We are just stewards. And as a steward, as we said in our Bible study yesterday, God wants us to be faithful and wise. Wise to make profit, faithful to render this profit to the glory of God. The second principle is the accountability. All of us, with no exception, will stand before the throne of God. And we will give an account of our stewardship. So we need, actually, to remind ourselves with this and to examine ourselves on a daily basis. And every day, we should imagine ourselves standing before the throne of God and giving an account of our stewardship. So when the Lord's voice comes to me, give an account of your stewardship, I will be ready for that moment and for that hour. So the, this steward said within himself, What shall I do? And this is a very wise question. What shall I do? I will stand before God and I will give an account. What shall I do? How to make myself ready for that day? What shall I do? He said, I cannot dig and I I am ashamed to beg. So, he put, actually, the possibility that the owner will take the stewardship away from him. And actually, when we die, the stewardship is taken from us. So for us, it's not a possibility. It is a must. When anyone dies, his stewardship is taken from him. So you cannot do anything after this. It is too late after the person dies, it is too late to do anything for your stewardship. That's why he said, I have resolved what to do. I need to prepare from now for that day and for that hour. So what was his plan? He called one of his master's debtors and asked him, How much do you owe my master? And he told him, a hundred measures of oil. He told him, take your bill and write 50. And the second, how much do you owe my master? A hundred measures of wheat. And he said, take your bill and write 80. This is a challenging part because he was not honest in his master's money. So why the master commended him? The master, there are two actually ways to understand this passage. For example, (coughs) if uh, a thief was able to uh, steal like a bank or a business in a very, very smart way. So sometimes you commend the thief. For his intelligence, how he was able to plan right in order to rob this bank. So you are not praising the stealing in itself, but you are praising the intelligence that he used in doing uh, his plan. So here the master commended the the steward, in making plans for the future. He was wise enough to say, when my master send me away, how can I survive? He made plans. That's why the master commended the unjust steward. So he is unjust. But why? Because he had dealt shrewdly. He had dealt shrewdly. He planned wisely for the future. And the Lord made a comment. For the sons of this world are more shrewd, more wise, in their generation than the sons of light. Let us see how the sons of this world are more shrewd. They make plans, retirement plans. Life insurance, health insurance, saving, investment. So they have plans, plans for their life on earth. Also, their life is not eternal. One day they will die, but they will make plans. So they are wise. But we, the sons of light, we don't make plans in the same way for our eternal life. We plan a lot for this 80, 90, 100 years we are living here. But we are not making plans for our eternal life. That's why he said the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of the light. But there is another way we can understand the behavior of the unjust steward, Uh, he used actually to impose some uh, commission on the debtors. For example, the real debt is 50 measures of oil or 100 measures of wheat. But this steward, he imposed uh, some sort of commission because he was a lover of money, so what did he do? Actually, he cancelled his uh, omission, commission completely, making friends with these people in order that when his master, uh, his master, yes, let him go, so these friends can help him to find a job or host him in their house, etc. So sometimes we let go of our rights in order actually to make friends. So I forgive others, so I will be forgiven. As the Lord said, with the same measure you measure, it will be measured to you. I will be merciful on others, so I will obtain mercy. I will not judge others, so I will not be judged. God told us, with the same measure, it will be measured to you. So if I want to be forgiven, I will forgive. If I want to be not judged, I will not judge. If I want God to be merciful with me, I will be merciful on others, and so on. So this man was merciful, And he let go of his commission in order to make friends. Based on this, the Lord said, "I, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. So what is the unrighteous mammon? And the Lord actually compared the unrighteous mammon with the true riches. When he said... If you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit your trust the true riches. What is the unrighteous mammon and what is the true riches? Anything here on the world in the world is considered unrighteous. Since the fall of Adam and Eve there is corruption in the whole creation as we read in Romans chapter 8. So So anything in this world is considered unrighteous. If we compare it with the true riches, with our inheritance in the kingdom of God, that's righteous. That's completely holy, pure, sanctified. But here on earth, anything is considered unrighteous. There is corruption. Besides, regardless how much you are very, very, very honest, and you try to be, to be very honest. Nobody can claim that my honesty is perfect. My honesty is 100%. Because the perfection is only for God. So no matter you want to be righteous, and you want to be uh, just, definitely all of us, without exception, one day, in, in, in some way or another, we were unjust to others. So the Lord told us, make friends with unrighteous mammon. Be merciful on the poor and needy. Help others. So when you show faithfulness in the unrighteous mammon as a faithful, unwise steward, God will trust you with the true riches in heaven. And also, these friends, they will pray for us, intercede for us. The deeds of mercy, the charitable deeds, definitely will pave our way into the kingdom of God. As the Lord said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. That when you fail, when you die, you may, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Instead of dying and then leaving many, many, many uh, positions and properties and monies uh, to others, try to make as much as you can Friends, while you are living, help the poor, feed the hungry, give a drink to the thirsty, visit the sick, ask about the prisoners, do merciful and charitable deeds so they will receive you when you uh, die. We are here like in a test. So God is telling us he who is faithful in what is least is faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what's least is unjust also in much. If we compare what we have, is considered least if you compare it with the eternal inheritance. Even if you are a billionaire, if you compare what you have to the heavenly inheritance, it is least. So God is testing you. Are you faithful in what's least? If you are, then he will trust you with what's much. But if you are not faithful in what's least, you are unjust, you will be also unjust there. So you will not receive the heavenly inheritance. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Another principle the first principle that I said in the beginning, we are a steward. So if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, we are not owners. What we have here does not belong to us. So if we are not faithful on what is another man's, what belongs to another per- person, who will give you what you're on? So if we are not faithful here, while we are stewards, how God will entrust us to be owners and to inherit the kingdom of God. So, the main message <clears throat> in this parable how to live your life here on earth in faithfulness, in wisdom. Look at this unjust steward. He was wise, he planned for the future, and he was faithful. <clears throat> by cancelling or omitting his commission, but he was faithful in uh, what belongs to his master. I pray that this parable actually moves our heart in order to understand that we are a steward, to understand that we will give an account of our stewardship, that we should be ready because our master can come at any moment, actually at an hour in that we do not expect, to be faithful in what God actually has given us, and to be merciful, to be charitable, to make friends with, uh, with the unrighteous mammon, and also to be wise as we plan for our future here on earth Let us plan also for our heavenly future and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.